Welcome to the ninth episode of Self-Realization, Now What? In this episode, I meet Carrie Ori. And um, Carrie studied the Course in Miracle. So it was a very enlightening conversation. I love the content of the Course in Miracle. It points to truth. It is non-dual and it leads to realization of truth, of the truth of who we are, our true nature of being. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for listening. So here I am with Carrie Ari. Is it how uh, I can pronounce your name? Perfect. Carrie, so you are from Adelaide, Australia? That's correct. So I am coming to you from the traditional lands of the Ghana people in Adelaide, South Australia. Wow. And uh, we became aware of each other. You listened to a podcast from um, A Quest for Well-Being from Valeria Kopman, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yes, is it? Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Valeria, I'd like to honor her name. She goes by two names. There's Valeria Koopman and there's Valeria Teles as well. That's it. Yes, Koopman, that's it. And yes, I saw. And her podcast is a quest for well-being. Very inspiring, very interesting. She has a, a lot of diversity of people that are speaking about all kinds of well-being, emotional, spiritual, physical. And uh, I had the joy of exchanging with her. And you did too. I did. That was some months ago now. And uh, our topic was an introduction to a course in miracles, which is a non-dual spiritual path practice. However, uh, we're yes. trying to find it. And that was my topic when I spoke with her. So when you're, when I heard your interview, I could see that there were quite a few parallels there. Yes, there is. Eh? They all lead to the same, uh, the same place. <laughs> and eventually. Um, I was interested. <laughs> yes, eventually. <laughs> I was interested to hear you. Um, I thought we could start by speaking about this beautiful quote that we all, well, a lot of people have heard. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. And uh, I would love to hear you about that, and then maybe I can share my own perspective. So I really knew nothing about the course or that even exists that it even existed until probably about 2018, maybe 2017. Uh -huh. So I was exploring spirituality at that time. Well, I've been exploring spirituality my whole life. To to when I look back, I realise that's what I have been doing, and very fascinated by those big questions of life. And especially as we grow up, 
one of the key ones I think many of us, if not all of us, ask ourselves is who am I? Who am I really? Mm. And playing with that question and exploring that. And we start with generally, and that was the case with me, with the external aspects of who I thought I was, my Mm. education, where I was born, my cultural and ethnic background, my upbringing, my beliefs, my uh, educational career path, my personality. And I thought that's who I really was. And I, I explored that. And I think that was really important for me at that time, especially as a young person, to be able to sort of have some idea of of where my place might be in the world, mm. even though that's never a fixed point. We're constantly yes. moving through this particular reality. And then I I started reading and exploring New Age in my early 20s when I was living in Switzerland for a year, which is where I was born. So I went back to Switzerland uh, for a year as... Um, Well, it wasn't a gap year as such because I had already finished my university studies in journalism, but I hadn't yet started, uh, I guess, working in my career. And so I thought I'll take a year and go to Switzerland and maybe the UK and explore some journalistic opportunities there. And that's where I started reading some books by Shirley MacLaine initially that I found in my mum's bookcase. I had already read uh, some philosophy because, again, my mum was very much into philosophy at that time and I just oh. read whatever was in her, her bookshelf. I love to read, as does our whole family. So I started exploring spirituality then. While in Switzerland, I came across and met Uh, evangelical Christians and so that then took me on another path when I look back I think it was initially a decision based on fear because at that time the evangelical church and, and probably a lot of aspects of it still do look on new age as dangerous and heretical which I wasn't really aware of at the time because I didn't really grow up in any kind of Christian home. However, I was very feeling very displaced at that point in my life and I was finding it very hard to make friends and find a community. Even though I had my family, our family was going through quite a difficult phase at that time as well. So it was a really tough year and I was had just turned 21. And in the church I found a sense of belonging a sense of, again, Mm -hmm. that identity that I then was building. But Mm -hmm. now it was that next step on identifying very strongly with a religious thought system that was somewhat external Mm -hmm. but also internal. And it was helpful for me for many years in uh, how I lived my life. And it ended up, um, I was very committed. I was very serious I worked for an international Christian not-for-profit as a journalist for about 15 years. So it was a very important aspect of my life and pretty much defined who I was. Mm. What happened, though, was during all that time I had questions about some of the theological perspectives and understanding that I really Mm -hmm. struggled with and who is God And I Mm. felt that there was some real contradictions 
um, especially with the Old Testament and the New Testament for those who are familiar with the Christian faith. And when I Mm -hmm. left my organisation and started retraining back in Australia in 2004, I began to again revisit those questions and allowed myself, I guess, the space to really explore them because it was a little bit scary doing that while I was working for a Christian organisation and very entrenched in that life to ask those questions because the answers, as I found out, for me meant that I started shifting away from that way of of believing and living. I called Mm -hmm. it initially my year of losing my religion Mm. because I really wanted to see how much of what I believe and how much of my faith is real is not just ritual, is not just doctrine. And I was also dealing with very high anxiety at the time. Mm. And I was realising that a lot of what I was believing was dualistic, very dualistic, Mm -hmm. in the sense that it was about right and wrong, in and out, heaven and hell, believing or not believing, Mm. the believers and the unbelievers, the lost and the found. And I was finding that that was something that I I was really struggling with and that there was shades Mm. of grey and, yeah, so so that's that's what started Mm -hmm. unravelling my faith. And the only theology I ended up with after a year of putting my Bible aside and just going with what I felt God was speaking to me, uh, I guess, on the inside, uh, mm-hmm. what, and, and I wanted to be guided by peace. I wanted to be guided by joy. I wanted to be guided by love and not separation, not fear. At that point also Australia was going through a real shift and we had a vote on whether to allow same-sex marriage. And in my mm. church and the church in general in Australia is still fairly conservative and the majority idea was that we should vote no that we shouldn't allow same-sex marriage and I really struggled with that because I yeah I just didn't it didn't make sense Mm -hmm. to me because for me love is love Mm -hmm. and so that was a big reason for why I then formally stepped away from leadership position in the church from church itself because I knew that my perspective on especially that topic was not in step with with my church and and where it was was heading. So I got to that point where I stepped away. I attended a, a house church for a while. That was basically a group for other people coming out of a a church setting who were exploring still within the Christian space but alternative ways of of living the faith. However, after a few years, even that was a little bit restrictive. I wanted to explore further and that's how I eventually, Uh uh, I started meditating, I started exploring different ways of thinking and seeing the world and different spiritual paths and going back to that beautiful a quote from A Course in Miracles. When I first came across that quote, when I started Googling A Course in Miracles, because it was being mentioned in podcasts I was listening to, 
I was referred to Marianne um, Williamson's book, A Return to mm-hmm. Love. I read Alan Cohen's A Course in Miracles, Made Easy. I think it should be yes. made simple. It's more simple. It's made not simple, yes. easy. Yes, simple. <laughs> when I read that quote, I did not really understand what it meant. I still am exploring the depths and levels of that, but nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists, and herein lies the peace of God. I thought if that's all I ever meditate on, that in itself will keep me fed (laughs) for the rest of my life. So, (laughs) yes, yes, I'm still exploring, I'm still learning. There is depth. Yes. What that that those words are all about. I, um, as I was listening to you, I realized at the same time our our discovery will nudge us into letting go some of our attachment and our safety, and that this in itself is a process. That this will make surface what is not real or what is not authentic in us that it maybe it was authentic for a while and then it isn't and then that that is transforming and I um so I was reflecting how isn't it always kind of like that that if we go more authentically it's possible that I may have to let this go and that may bring some fear or some some uncertainty and and how to be hmm, okay with not knowing, okay with uncertainty, and that 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 we can call that faith. Very much so. I had to go through a process of letting go so many thoughts and beliefs that I had held to be true for many decades and that that was quite a difficult process because I knew it it could potentially also impact some of my relationships. Many I have kept but some uh, felt I had strayed too too far and and found that very difficult to to deal with. So I've had some very interesting conversations along the way and it was, it was challenging because part of me was thinking if I walk away from this very familiar and comfortable belief system, will God still love me? I, I had this fear that my life was basically going to go to shit because if mm. I wasn't, it, it's part of that transactional aspect of some faiths, not just Christianity. I think it, it's in all um, uh, belief systems and possibly even in when we go into uh, non-dual spirituality. If I don't do this, this and this, then maybe this won't happen or I will lose yes. something. If I don't meditate yes. every day then, again, will yes. my spiritual life 
um, go to shit. Well, my life, if I don't do this practice or that ritual or that exercise. So it's very easy to to go back into those patterns and rituals. We might, they might look different and have a different feel. But if we're approaching those rituals from a place of fear, they they won't lead us to a place of, of, of peace and joy. And so initially it was that very, what will people think of me? Will they still love me? Will I still be accepted by these people that I've known for many years when I don't anymore believe what they believe or live life mm. the way that I have lived it? Am I betraying people? Am I... Mm-hmm you know, turning out to be someone that they thought I was and could be trusted and now I'm not that person anymore. So there was, yeah, it was was a really challenging time. I did, like I said, keep a lot of those friends and I made some really amazing new ones, uh, connected in with some different communities and now I'm really loving the balance of, of working out what love means and forgiveness means in 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 the sense of the course's understanding of radical forgiveness and the undoing of guilt because there was a lot of guilt there as I went through uh-huh. that that process mm-hmm. and having mm-hmm. to go through that forgiving myself and then forgiving others and their reaction to what was happening with me and and my spiritual mm. experience. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I remember um, on one occasion where I felt in an intimate relationship where I was receiving a lot of anger for a very, very small mistake. And I chose not to argue and to not receive it as if it is my own, allowing it to be there without taking it upon myself and also without projecting it back. And I remember going through a process of letting go of the fear of being abandoned because I was just, okay, I hear you. Okay, now I think it's enough. I'm going to hang up now. It's enough. And staying with the discomfort that was arising in myself. And that was a letting go of the fear of abandonment. What will they think about me if I don't uh, profusely say I am sorry? Because that was really a small, small event and the anger was over proportionate in, in my authentic knowing. And also uh, not projecting it back and defending anything. And that was something that was quite new that I had never done before. And it was the start of a turning point in my life of um, just staying center and authentic and allowing a kind of an opening to wisdom and listening in internal guidance that is not provided by anyone so uh, yeah yeah that is something is God that there. I, yeah yeah it's and again I, I think one of the 
One of the aspects of the course that I have found incredibly helpful and I'm still learning but has helped me make that shift out of having to have this sense of to, de to defend myself and, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's the best word, that, that self-defence and, and this feeling that I'm being attacked or, or threatened in any way is that understanding that essentially I am, that there's two aspects of myself that I hold. There's that constructed self that is the resume, that is the passport, the citizenship, the family history, the personality, all of those aspects that we present to the world but that are not eternal. They're constantly changing and developing as we go through life. But I fell into that idea very early on that that is who I am. And so mm -hmm. when anything changed, that was very threatening because having to constantly catch up with, well, who am I? I was this, but now I'm kind of that. Mm -hmm. Or I used to do mm -hmm. this personality assessment and I was this and now I'm, I'm changing, I'm, I'm switching. And I found that mm -hmm. quite unsettling. What the course has helped me to realise is that behind or beyond or underneath or through all that is my true essential self. That is eternal. That is unchanging. That is all of those qualities that I, my other self was looking for but the ego self is very much or the constructed self is very much about seek but do not find. Because if mm -hmm. we find love, joy, peace, we threaten the ego self because then it, 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 it has to fight back. Mm -hmm. That is its, mm -hmm. it. It doesn't want us to find out who we really are because then it becomes quite unnecessary and it loses yes. its purpose. And that is to defend itself and its own supposed existence. And so for mm -hmm. me, coming to that realisation, there's this whole other self here and yes. that is love. It is joy. It is peace. It is the only thing that is real and it is beyond the body. I am not a body. I am free. Yeah. I am still as God created me. I am all those qualities that source is. I have just believe something that's not true or real. Yeah. So that has been a really interesting experience of navigating life because as the course explains that there's these two levels. We talk about levels of reality. There's, mm -hmm. And this is where it becomes um, that, that idea of a, a non-dual uh, thought system based on love, not fear. So the ego is very much the thought system based on fear and guilt yes. and shame. And that's where the ego wants to keep us because that's what keeps it alive. Then there is our true self. And as we start to, or in my case, as I started to experience who I really was, it was like, oh, my goodness, this is, <laughs> I always had that inkling 
but it was never, I never understood it as clearly as I think when I started working uh, with the course. And then as I started living it more and more, it just uh-huh. shifted so much. I'm still learning. And it made me realise that, yes, there are these two levels of the real, of reality. There's the reality uh, with a capital R, which is we never left source. Our true self is still there. Yes. yes. We just forgot who we really were and took this crazy, insane detour into <laughs> deciding, gee, I wonder, I mean, who knows why we did that, but. Um, and maybe one day we'll we'll understand, but I think my understanding is still very minimal. Why would you decide to have this adventure in a physical body when what we actually really have is infinitely perfect, but we did, I did, and so it's been an interesting experience now of realising, okay, there's these two levels of reality there's the non-dual reality of God, of source of love that we are always in, while at the mm-hmm. same time mm-hmm. we appear to have separated yes. into a body in this other reality of time and space and form that is reality with a small R and yes. realising it's not real. Yes, for me, the um, difference between our language is I call the ego, I call the mental uh, dualistic lens. Because in myself, the ego is still just a thought, too. And when we look at reality through the lens of thought, which is dualistic, we leave the Garden of Eden, which is already here. And the mental reality, the mind is an intelligence that lacks the component of love. So it's, it is an intelligence that is limited by fear. The small me needs, always need to be loved, to be seen, to be heard, to be protected, to know. To There's a lot of fear in there. And when we rest back in a clearer lens... Without biting the apple of knowledge, I know, when we accept to not know, infinite potentiality is always ever present. So for me, the Garden of Eden is here already. It's not somewhere else. So I feel that in The Course in Miracle, wasn't it mentioned that it's here, but we don't see it? So if we adopt the... The dualistic mind, it's kind of an instrument through which we're looking through and it makes us feel that we're going on these adventure and problem and solution and but all of those exist only in that dimension of the mental dualistic lens or instrument. And uh, it's, so it's possible that both exist at the same time, but there's one that is more real with the capital R and then there's a little additional layer. The course talks about having us having two minds mm. and two thought systems that everything does originate with our thinking. 
It just depends. And, and what you mentioned about the lens, that is a really great uh, metaphor. And it talks about when we're in our right mind, so our true self, and we have the lens or the vision of love and thoughts, a thought system that is based on love, our experience of uh, reality in a small with small R is yes. is very different than when we are looking through, I guess, more physical eyes and that kind of sight or lens where we think that what we're seeing is real and happening and that our constructed self, the the mind or the self that is is made through that we make through fear and self-defense, that that is real and what is experiencing it is real. So it talks about the dream. And the way that the course looks at or understands, explains our experience here is that we are, it's as if we're asleep in bed as yes. we do every night. And I think most of us dream. And some dreams are wonderful, a happy dream where we don't want to wake up because maybe we're with people that we love and in that dream we're having an amazing time and we just want to stay in that dream. Sometimes we fall asleep and we find ourselves in a nightmare mm-hmm. and we don't want to stay there. We want to wake up from that nightmare. Mm. Regardless of what's happening, the, the, the self that is having the dream, so if, say, a loved one were to walk into the room and see me asleep, they would have no idea. All they see is, is me asleep. And so whatever's happening in those dreams is not real. I am still there. It's just yep. my, a part of our mind that is yeah. dreaming. Yes. And so the parallel there is where the course is saying our true self is still with source. It yes. never left. Yes. The constructed self that is in, in this in this world of form and dimension and time and space is a dream. It is not real. So nothing real can be threatened. Our real self, our true self, that is with source, cannot be threatened. It will always be perfectly safe, eternal, mm. love, mm. peace, joy. Mm. Um, so every, uh, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. So when yes. we're in the dream, it feels like it's very real right now. We're in the dream. And yes. we're having this beautiful yes. conversation and it feels yes. very real, but it's still in the dream. Depending yes. on which thought system we're using, we can decide and choose how we experience the dream, whether we want mm. it to be a nightmare. And, of course, we do this mm. up to a certain point uh, subconsciously, unconsciously. unconsciously. Yes. Because we don't know that there's this is 
uh, an illusion that we're in and it's a dream that we're in and that there is this whole other realm that we are home in. So we think it's real and the ego self or the constructed self, the fearful self, would wants to keep us in the nightmare because that's where it thrives and it can mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. Uh, grow and, and have that hold on us and help us uh, completely forget not completely, I don't think we ever completely forget who we always are is always there, but it can obscure mm-hmm. our our vision. Yes. When we start waking up, I, th- there is that process where we suddenly go, what's really going on here? And so yeah. the wonderful thing that the course has helped me with is to recognise very qu- quickly when I'm flipping over into that other self, because mm-hmm, it happens, mm-hmm. of course, because I yes. haven't yes. got there yet. It is a process. And so I can now very quickly pick up on when I am in fear, when I am seeing, when I'm living in the, in seeing the nightmare and not the, the, what that, what the course calls the happy dream. Yes. So if I'm living my life and seeing it through the eyes of love, and from my eternal self and through that lens and that vision, how I experience my life changes completely and there is peace and there is yes. joy and it's there's fun and there's lightheartedness mm-hmm. and playfulness. The challenge is that yeah. there's so much happening in the world that's caught up in the nightmare because there are so many powerful people in the world who have very much forgotten who they really are and their ego self is 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 running amok yeah. and yeah. having to remind myself, yes, that's very real. In the happy dream, what can I do to help people understand this is not who we really are? Yes. This is not why we are here. Yes. And, and still work within the illusion to bring people to the realisation this is not what it's really all about. Tell me about the, the two minds because I have a parallel that, that comes from a different um, a teams of knowledge that I may bring, but I'd love to hear about because it speaks a lot to me, the two minds. The one that is uh, the construct, the dualistic, so it's yes, no, good, bad, it's all where all duality uh, lies. Where is there is fear and the mind that is has a component of love. It Tell is me love. About the two mind. Now it they is speak true, about it. It is love. Yeah, our true Pure self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. it is who we really are. Again, it's it's words, it's terminology, it's us trying to under come up with symbols to explain concepts and ideas. Yes, that yes, are of incredibly. Course difficult to um, sometimes articulate. So the course uses the terminology of the right mind and the wrong mind. So in some senses, it's very dualistic in the sense mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. That, that split between uh, reality with a capital Non-dual R. Non-dual and dual. And, 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 yeah. So in the right mm-hmm. mind and in when we're living from our true selves, then we are living a non-dual reality. When we 
flip into the other mind and it is just a change of thought. It's just a change of... Yes, yes. Of, Adopting thoughts. Of, of, of how we... Because the Course very much sees thought as being... A projection. I guess the source, a source of everything. So in... When we're thinking with the, the, the loving mind, it's an extension of source. There's no ah, separation. Yes. yes. So we're yes. extending into the dream world the reality of who we really are, which has a powerful ripple effect. Yes. Because then as we extend love and joy and peace into the illusion, we mm -hmm. shift the illusion. Yes. yes. For others as well. The, the, yes. the course talks about we are not healed alone. We do not mm -hmm. enter heaven on our own. We enter heaven, non-dual mm -hmm. non reality, two by two because mm. we're all one. There's only one of us yeah. here in that yes. sense. We yes. appear to be separate because we're in these bodies, but our, yes. our minds are connected. Yes. So when we go into when we're living in the illusion in the dream through our true loving peaceful joyful self we bring peace and yes. it's an extension. When we are It's not personal. Thinking yeah, when we're thinking thoughts of fear, anxiety, defensiveness, attack, grievances, judgment, then we um we, we separate there is no unity yeah. there uh, because yes. it's not who we really are and it doesn't exist because it can't, it's not real because it's not yeah. part of source. So we make this world um, from whether, so it's a projection. The projection is, is what happens when we're thinking through the, uh, the ego mind or the constructed self. That is projection. Yes. Yes. But it's not creative. It has yeah, effects. Uh, and, yeah. And the course mm. talks very much about cause and effect. Cause is on the level of mind. Effect is then whether we're extending love, joy and peace and the effects of that, which is healing and oneness and unity and forgiveness and all of those wonderful results or effects. Mm -hmm. Or... Going back to cause, we think with our fearful minds and the effect is very much what we're seeing in the world yes. at the moment. It's the effect of minds that are in fear, that are trying to protect territories, themselves, yes. families, which is yes. totally understandable when that is all you have no. and the healing yes. and awareness of who we really are hasn't yeah. Yet yeah. started really happening. Yes, yes. So I will share a little bit about myself just to lighten some of the point. I was not searching for anything uh, in spirituality. And so the, the realization came that when I think, I fall asleep. So for me, thinking equals falling asleep. If 
I can't think, there can be thought, but if I start to really engage and believe them, I know that I am sl I'm asleep to my true nature, to our true nature of abundance, love, and joy. And um, the emotion in the body will let me know because this, the further I stray away from source, the more I suffer. The more I engage and believe thoughts, the, so that that was in itself the whole revelation, which is quite simple. And then came the process of um, meeting the fear that arose with allowing life to be exactly as it is, allowing infinite potentiality, being okay with not taking the space and being heard and know all that arises with the, the construct of me, that I am someone, I am important. And in my realization, there was a really clear, clear, clear clarity about I am not going anywhere and I am not doing anything. I was crying of relief because, oh, we're not, we're really not. The illusion that I am going somewhere has collapsed. So there is no place to go. It's all here. Everything is already full, complete, and perfect. And we fall asleep to that. It's my understanding that as a, as a little baby, we build an identity, which, which is quite necessary to live in the world. And like, like you mentioned earlier, it's important to know our place in the world and our value. And, and at some point, that identity becomes a little bit too small. And we start to feel, hmm, something is not right here. Why, why am I so unhappy? And I had this question uh, in myself as a little child. Who am I? Why do we exist? What is existence? And that was alive in myself and in many others that I, I speak to now that have realized their nature. So our true nature is perfectly still and silent and it's already here, present in this moment. And we go on little adventure of something not like just to, for the contrast, the contrast of by contrast, we also get to know ourselves as peace and silence. So even the emotions are not wrong. They're, they're a contrast to peace and silence. But it's, yeah, it's more suffering when we really, really believe that all the thoughts are real and that this is reality. And the, 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 the books, um, A Course in Miracle, Made Simple, I've, I've listened to it after having that realization, and it has helped me in seeing that, because it's very, very clear. They, they speak a lot about uh, love versus fear and um, the projection of mind with mind. So when we realize that there can be a, a way of living that we just, we may look through the mind, but not really identify with it. It's still there, but it seems to be not the only real reality. And that, that's, that's freeing. And my understanding with the two minds is when I rest back in neutral and open, because as soon as we are neutral and open, 
There's no duality there. And as soon as I rest in neutral and open, I access in myself, I feel it's an intelligence combined with love because it doesn't serve me, the mind, it serves the whole. It serve, it's in service of happiness and joy. And, uh, and, and then creativity, ideas, and it's, it feels there's an aliveness there that is because of the lack of fear, things can take shape pretty quickly. Absolutely. That is a really beautiful way of, of explaining it from, from a different perspective. And I think how we experience and express these truths can be very different, but essentially we're, we're experience, having a similar experiences and, and, and understandings. And I agree that feelings or our emotions are really important messengers because they let us know which, how, which thought system or which self we're living from because, as you said, when we are living from that place of, of love and infinite potential and peace and joy, that's when we are creative. That's when mm. amazing things happen and it does feel very light and when we're feeling heavy or low or down or um, angry or all of those other emotions they're just as important and important to acknowledge and feel because they let us know we've dropped out of our our true self and we're now um, living out of the, the constructed self, the fearful self, the anxious self. And that's what, what the miracle is about. When the course talks about a miracle, and it's called A Course in Miracles, it's not mm -hmm. saying that we're going out into the world turning water into wine. Uh, I think mm. that would be fantastic. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's not what it means by a miracle. I live in Adelaide. South Australia is one of the world's greatest um, wine producing areas. So I love my wine and the miracle of turning water into wine would be awesome. However, when the, the course talks about a miracle, it talks about a shift in perception from fear to love. To love. Mm. It mm. also talks about the inner teacher, the inner guide that helps us to make that shift. So mm. we're not, well, we're never on our own anyway, but we have a teacher that is there to, to draw upon when um, we find ourselves in that moment of fear or panic or um, it talks about upsets and grievances and attack thoughts and that love does not hold grievances. It doesn't judge. And so mm -hmm. it's, it's very, so what once... Um, I started really understanding it more, it was very easy for me to start realising you're not in love because mm -hmm. you are really upset at the person in front of you in the traffic for mm -hmm. not driving faster than they're driving or that particular mm -hmm. politician because they've made this decision 
that in my perception is going to negatively impact all of these people or, you know, that situation here, there and everywhere. They're all judgments, upsets and grievances that uh, come from fear. And so mm-hmm. that process of forgiveness is that understanding is that I am coming from that place of fear and not seeing that other person for who they really are. And this is something that I'm finding at the moment extremely challenging, but recognising, especially in those apparent personalities in the world, that underneath their, that's their constructed self and their projection that is causing um, so much pain for themselves Mm -hmm. and for others. And yet they're no different to me and I'm no different to them. That is their constructed self, their fearful self that is trying to defend itself, albeit in a very uh, violent manner. But that is no different to their true self is still there. And for me now the challenge is to see through the constructed self and see who the true self is underneath there that is still there. And sometimes that's really difficult. Um, Mm -hmm. But connecting with them for who they really are because when everything else falls away, again, just like Mm -hmm. you and me, they are underneath. There is that true self of love and joy and peace. I think trauma and pain and life's experiences can really obscure who we really are and Mm -hmm, we act mm -hmm. and live more and more out of this constructed self because to come back to that true self can be really difficult and frightening because it then undoes this whole other persona that we thought we were. And like you said, right at the beginning, it means letting go. Yes, and maybe not every person or wants to discover. I I don't know anything, so I'm just gonna venture in in saying something that may maybe doesn't make sense. But maybe we each have a not the same reason to be here. And one other way of seeing it, and one of the other way of seeing it, which I find is more uh, non-dual, is that we unfortunately unconsciously uh, consent to the limitation so there is a consent in 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 um, accepting this invitation in fear but it's an unfortunately unconscious one or unfortunately i don't even know if i should name that because it's just what it is and, and who, who am i to know why and 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 how, but it's unconscious until it becomes conscious, un- until something switches. And oh, and I call that a grace, a blessing, a grace to to become conscious of that, that there's a possibility to not consent to these invitation in fear and lack and scarcity and defending all that is in need to defend is of the dualistic realm, is of the separation. Se- separate me that that if we look closely i was ne- i was not able to find it when i started really looking to find where is that me 
that is always changing and uh, realizing that what we are is never changing. It's always ever present the same. So sometimes I, I, I look at the other and I say, it's, it's, they're allowed to consent. They're allowed to, to, to have the right that they, they, they want to have. It's unfortunate because the world is depleted of love. And my hope is that everyone can realize their own true self so that we can have a, a reality that reflects that. Mm. It, I think the love is there because that's who we essentially are. It's just obscured. And, yeah, um, it's obscured. And I, I agree. I love the way that you use that idea of consent, um, that we consent to uh, the thoughts that we allow or and, and entertain because I, I do, from what I've been experiencing in my own life as I live the course principles and some of these uh, or, or non-dual spiritual principles in general is that I am responsible for my thoughts and which thoughts I choose. And mm. I, I think we are at different points. The way I see it, though, is the image I have in my mind at the moment, it's kind of like a three-dimensional grid where we're at different points on that grid because we're still physical beings but we're all connected to that grid and we might be at different points but there's nowhere to go because as you said before it's already here as we make different choices with our thoughts do we choose a thought of love and forgiveness and seeing the other person for who they really are I think it the grid kind of recalibrates like a GPS that when we have loving thoughts it shifts things around and it brings us closer to that experience of um, true reality in the dream in the illusion that grid mm -hmm. that matrix is not real it's just where we're mm -hmm. placed at the moment um, so I think anyone can, I don't think it needs a long time or multiple no. lives necessarily. No. It depends on the, the, the choices we make for love and whether we decide to choose differently or not. And that's something I've become very aware yes. of. And I ask myself, Carrie, could you see this situation differently? Which is very much something that the course teaches. Can you choose differently? And yes. life being what it is, it brings those opportunities around. Oh, yes. And says, yes. well, here you go. You wanted another opportunity to choose differently. Here it yes. is. Let's see yes. how we go this time. And, again, there's no judgment if it's no. still wonky no, no. or clunky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the more that I choose that different way, the more it becomes yes my natural state of being and the more how I experience life changes. Yes. And um, and if I didn't have news and didn't know what was happening in other parts of 
the world outside of my direct experience yes of life my life is absolutely beautiful and yes and I'm very content and happy with the happy dream that I get to live what disturbs it of course is when I become aware of what other people's experiences of life are like and then the question Mm -hmm. is yes we can always extend that love and peace but what in the dream can I also do on a practical level that might be helpful to Mm -hmm. shift and open up the space for others who are really still suffering um, to have a different experience and start shifting and I think there's probably I'm hoping I might be a little bit over optimistic but I do believe there's a lot more of us who have come to that awareness that love is the only thing that's true and real and therefore Mm -hmm. it will it it has it's more powerful it will always overcome not even overcome it's like light once it's there the other stuff it it, it dissolves it disappears it can't exist because it's not real yes Yes. it's the absence of love Yes. Which is still there. It's just we can't see it. So yes. that's why I um I feel that the mind is the realm of force and the love is the realm of power. And we hear that in some spiritual book. And we cannot force the mind to you know, we can't force ourselves not to think. We can't we can't force anything to disappear but we can love if we start to love and that's how I experience it in myself as I started to love even welcome feeling anger in my body and starting to just allow it to be here in that spaciousness we are it dissolve in peace and and that was proof enough I was totally amazed, like, oh, oh, my God. I was, like, for the first time, fully open to it without boundary, pure, pure love, pure openness, and it dissolves. And so what I often do with the mind is love the mind. It doesn't know. It doesn't know. We can live unknowingly from intuition, with, which I feel is our link to infinite intelligence, infinite intelligence with the component of love and if the mind is turbulent then have compassion for the mind there's a turbulent mind there's awareness of a turbulent mind i try to bring a lot of love to the separate me because it needs love to dissolve it's not going to dissolve by fighting it so uh, in that sense love is more powerful than than mind than fear Mm-hmm. Yeah, very mm-hmm. much so. And I think that gives me that gives me hope because if while we're still in these bodies in this world of form, we never lose that that connection. And and I find the paradoxes fascinating and intriguing. Yes. Because on the one hand, like you said, we don't actually need to do anything. Yeah. 
but how do you do the not doing you know to get to that place is is really difficult for some people because it means peace and quiet and tranquility and I hear and is that enough is that enough or do we need entertainment of anxiety and boredom and sadness is peace enough well and people don't want it I can't tell you how many times I have heard someone say oh I know I I can't stop or I don't want to turn off the TV, the radio. Uh, I don't want the quiet and the peace because then I'll have to deal with my thoughts or my mm -hmm. feelings or mm -hmm. um, I don't, I'm scared of what will happen. And they're, they're, it's interesting because they're very aware that they are running, that mm -hmm. they are feeling yes. life with all of this activity and stimulation and entertainment, some of it isn't that fun um, because they, they don't want to deal with what yes. I think they have an inkling. There's something else there. Yes. But yes. for some reason it's it's very frightening. And I think yes. that is is where it's to get to that point and understand you're held, we're safe. Yes, that's the true um, self if, is safe. Yes. It cannot be threatened. It is, it is, mm. it can't be hurt. It can't be killed. Who you really are is perfect yes. and okay. But to be able to acknowledge that and deal with that other self stuff to, yeah, yeah yeah and 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 release and dissolve all of that like you said it needs you need to sit with it and acknowledge it and and let it go and that can be yes. a difficult process because I guess it means and again on one hand we haven't made any mistakes because we're our true self is perfect yes at the same yeah. time part of the process is acknowledging you know what I did that out of fear. I did that out of anger. When I said this or did this, mm -hmm. I was not in my right mind. I was not coming from mm -hmm. a place of love and and forgiveness and peace. And um, and and that's difficult to acknowledge. And you know, even now there is many moments in. Well, they're getting a lot less. I've got to say that they're getting a lot, lot less. And the moments la last less time it is just a moment yes. when that desire to attack comes up someone does something that I don't like or I'm not happy <laughs> yeah. with or yeah. Yeah. threatens perceived yeah. threatens me and what I want and where I'm going and what I think I should be doing and then there's that oh get out of the way or do this or what are you saying nah. <laughs> that grievance, that upset comes up, the attack thought, oh, you're an absolute idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> but straight away I notice now sometimes it takes me a little bit longer, but generally it's like, yes. Carrie, um, look at what you're doing. And then I can go, okay, yeah, that's not who they really are and it's not who I really am. And I understand what's happening here. Uh -huh. And I'm going to choose the miracle 
and change my perception of this situation from fear to mm-hmm. love. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, that happens unconsciously now a lot of the time. Sometimes it is a conscious process if it's something a little bit bigger and stronger. Yes. Where I have to yes. really take that time out and work it through mm-hmm. and it might take a few mm-hmm. uh times for me to just really release a little bit more each time Mm -hmm. because I think I have a right to feel upset or grieved because you did this the interesting thing about the course's perspective on forgiveness and this was one that I really had to and I think I'm still learning exactly what it means and how it works is my previous understanding of forgiveness was what I would understand to be the more traditional idea of forgiveness where someone has done something to Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. but you acknowledge that they have hurt you or they've done something wrong and you forgive them and release them and vice versa I acknowledge I have done something wrong and hurt someone else now in and of itself that's not necessarily uh, I mean that, that that can be really helpful and be a first step towards healing and the restoration of broken perceived broken relationships Interestingly enough, the course takes it a little bit further because mm-hmm. how it sees forgiveness is that essentially neither of us has, has done anything wrong or made yeah. a mistake because it would be yeah. like tonight I go to sleep and I have a dream that you appear in, Julie, and I do something terrible to you. Mm-hmm. Um And then I wake up and I send you an email because you're in Canada and I'm in Australia (laughs) and I send you an email and I say to you, Julie, I am so sorry for uh, smashing up your house. You would look at me and go, what are you talking about? My house is fine. Mm -hmm. You haven't done anything. Oh, but yes, I did. I I remember it very clearly, but it was in the dream. So, of course, Mm -hmm. it's not real. Mm -hmm. And if Mm -hmm. all of what we experience Mm -hmm. at the moment in our physical bodies is in the dream, we actually haven't done anything Mm -hmm. wrong. So, forgiveness is a realisation that there's nothing to forgive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because essentially it never happened and one day this reality will dissolve and yes. I, my understanding is that there will only be source. There will be yes. no physical world, universe, matter, mm-hmm. anything. That will all yeah. just dissolve once we have all come to that realisation and awareness of who we really are that we never mm-hmm. left source mm-hmm. in the first place and we have done the work of that forgiveness and realisation and understanding 
and then mm-hmm. that's it yeah. and it will be a very split second yes. I, I, I mean again I'm talking in terms of time and space it will just yeah be as if it, it never could happened be instantaneous. yeah and there is one because place nothing... where um there's one place where in non-duality we um when we mention this we receive a lot of criticism is if you don't have any concept about anything nothing is happening in this moment nothing is happening so it's not even later it's right now if we don't have any concept about anything there is this deeper it's believed to be happening that's different Yes. I, I, again, I know what you mean. It's so difficult to articulate sometimes. But yes, because we're actually just resting in source. Exactly. Source. It's the it's One the it's love. the move. It's like we're looking at the projection and we're looking at our own thinking, and that projection is making us feel good, bad, afraid, scared because we're looking at the projection, and our own power is depleted by our own doing it's our own we are looking at the projection and fueling it with our alive power creativity love is fueling that and that is appearing as a reality and we are looking at it each of us believing it to be real and and then we have this even collective construct that we're looking at and it's creating turmoil and fear and 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 it's creating mm-hmm. this reality but is not source is not and and if we're not even in this moment if we're not looking through the lens of mind we are already resting at mm-hmm. peace in mm-hmm. deep peace Yes. And there comes a point where where the thinking is just like a a film that is not interesting anymore. So there is no more turbulence and turmoil and and if there is, yes, like you're saying, oh, oh there is what what is it? What is it that is believed now? What mm-hmm. is it? Because mm-hmm. the mind doesn't the mind doesn't know anything. So even if I if I if I think that i have to help someone that is not from source that is from the mind and the mind doesn't know anything so the only thing i feel is to stay in in the mind uh unified you need the 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 do non-dual mind be available and open And if someone is interested, then you'll found this conversation. Mm-hmm. As 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 a, as a because we're following breadcrumbs, and at some point we find what we need. And and if we're not interested, we don't find this because we're not looking for it. So I feel like everyone is totally okay to have the dream that they consent to. And if but if uh, if yeah. someone is searching. Thank God there are information and other people. And it's like the self is revealing itself to itself. I I agree that it's not up to us to, in that sense, to have to do anything 
And again, this is sort of the, one of those paradoxes. At the same time, we are living a particular experience where there are opportunities to serve and support and love yes. people. So for me, that becomes an extension yes. of love motivated by love. And I think that yes. anything that we do, we need to check the motivation because we can yes. do the same action mm-hmm. from a place of fear. So I could, for example, I could donate $100 to Maisons Sans Frontières because I want them to do the work that they do in, in these different parts of the world. I can do it from a place of fear because I want to stop what's happening and I want to stop people mm-hmm. getting hurt and, and it's awful what's happening. And so I might make a donation or volunteer my time mm-hmm. or do the work that I do out of fear. I could do exactly mm-hmm. the same action mm-hmm. from a place of love, not from mm-hmm. a place of guilt because that's the other thing. I might give money because I feel guilty, Mm -hmm. because they're going through a nightmare and I am living this beautiful, amazing life Mm -hmm. in sunny Mm -hmm. Adelaide, South Australia, by the beach, and I feel guilty and I'm going to give that money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then the effect is not, I think the effect is different. It's still helpful. Yes. But how it impacts the greater... Yes. Because I'm still feeding fear into yes. the other the, yes. the reality with a small R. If I'm doing something with fear, yes, the money might be there and it can still make a difference, which is fantastic. Yes. Or I might still be able to do something, but I'm not changing the essential nature of this mm-hmm. existence mm-hmm. or reality. But if what I do, I yes. do from a place of love, I extend that love instead of projecting mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. fear. Any yes. moment, I'm either doing one or the other. The two cannot uh-huh, exist uh-huh. side by side. Going yes. back to that original quote, because one is real and cannot mm-hmm, be threatened, mm-hmm. the other doesn't yes. exist because it's not real. And in each moment, I'm either doing one or the other. And my uh, desire yeah. and and um. Yeah, I, I, of course, want to be who I really am and only extend in any moment while we're still living within time and space, love and joy and peace and be truly helpful Mm -hmm. and that what I'm Mm -hmm. saying, thinking, doing and feeling comes from a place of love, not fear, guilt, shame, anger. That might still happen, but when I'm realising that's what I'm projecting, that's only going to add more pain. I can then go, okay, this is not where I want to be and I can then shift back. That is the miracle. I can ask for that miracle. Help me, wisdom, intuition, inner guide, source to go to to return back to where I Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. never left. Yes. In yes, because we we can only leave where we are already. We cannot find it because we are already there we can only leave it when we accept the limitation when we accept to believe that there is lack that i'm not safe that something wrong is happening 
And um, while you were speaking, I was also um, hearing that sometimes that love can be very firm, that sometimes authentically saying no is love. So it doesn't mean that it's always yes, uh, I love you. It might mean this doesn't feel true right now, so this this boundary needs to be set. But it's it's set out of authenticity and not out of fear and anger. That's my my understanding now in my life. That um, that sometimes um, and even love is given without. Um, expecting anything because it's not personal it's not given as a personal given so it's it's freely there and it doesn't cost anything and it doesn't expect anything either so it's uh, that's the that's where the well-being is also sometimes it's not transactional yeah. no it's not transactional and it's unlimited it's not when you start to find there's no boundary, there is no end to it. There is no uh, limitation. There is no limit. It's uh, expanding. And I find it interesting because something I've experienced, so often we want to change things on the level of effect. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we do something in the world to make it a better place, which was very much, very much where I came from. For, for a long, long, long time. Um, what I'm realising is it's so much more powerful to change from the level of cause through that extension of love and peace and joy. And the intention is not to necessarily change the effect, but it happens because as we mm -hmm. extend that love and that peace and that forgiveness yes. into the into or to others because that's really what it's it's about it's all through done through those relationships because we are one the effect does shift and where the reflection change that re yeah so a, a, a difficult uh, situation starts becoming less difficult a relationship mm -hmm. that was very fraught um might not be best buddies and hang out all the time but i can recognize that they are me and and i am them we are one underneath now where they might mm -hmm. be at in their experience of this reality might mean like you said that for the moment it might not be ideal for us to stay in this relationship um, and that's fine. But then I, I realise as that process of extending love and forgiveness happens, it changes that mm -hmm. the nature of the that dream. relationship as it's expressed in the dream and those yes. relationships start changing. Not always yeah. but a lot. And a difficult situation just disappears. It, it can just dissolve. I don't... Yes. And going back to what you said, you don't even have to do yes. anything. You just yes. sit back the less I involve the mind, the more I, I see synchronicity. The less I involve the mind, the more I see the magic, the synchronicity, and everything gets mm -hmm. resolved on its own. It's amazing. But as as um, before, I was a lot in trying to control and efforting and making things happen, and it was really effortful. 
So one of the things I love to point out is to live from effortlessness. But it doesn't mean that we're not doing anything. We're going to work, we're doing creative things, but it's done in an effortless, in a sense of effortlessness. Just as we are doing this conversation, there was no planning, there is no, there is an effortlessness of just being, spontaneity. And and to, to start to notice the difference between effortlessness and efforting. And efforting is always of the small mind the control and effort. And that's why we get stressed in traffic because we think we have to get somewhere because we are very busy and we have a lot of things to deal with. And all of that comes from the small mind. But there really is a possibility to live here from effortlessness in peace and joy, simply. And there's so much needed in the world for those aspects that there is space to expand that and anyone interested can start to realize this possibility and, and, and moment to moment explore it like you are just beautifully uh, explaining. It's always a choice that we can make now. It doesn't take time. It's always now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And as a recovering control freak, I mean, I was all about making things happen especially when I first started my life coaching training it was very much a you know you've got to set these goals and you've got to do this and make that happen and and drive this and oh and it's just been amazing especially over the last 10 years or so it's just like even how I coach has changed completely because and I don't even set goals as such anymore because half the time I, I, it's, I limit what could happen yes. by setting a goal. I have ideas uh -huh. that I kind of, oh, it might be fun to do X, Y, Z. Or, oh, I think that, I might want to give that a go one day or, or it would be, I think it might be fun to see this and this happen or that could be really, really helpful if we could do X, Y, Z um, and then I just leave it. I do live my day-to-day -day life and do what's given to me to do. And, again, mm. that's where that wisdom mm. and intuition and inner guidance is really important. And then stuff happens that I could never have imagined and yes. I didn't actually have to do a whole lot. So, yes, I totally agree. Mm. And it's so much more, I don't know, satisfying and relaxing and peaceful way to live rather yes. than that constant stress. Yes, and it's more uh, efficient even because it takes less energy and it's more productive. So if we can allow intuition and, and um, neutral and openness, neutrality and openness to guide us, I, I feel it's where life is supposed to be, that, that this, this is how it's supposed to be. Uh, truly to um, and access to intuition I feel is our functioning from our infinite nature I often define this as we have an infinite nature which is full of love and, and intuition and magic and playfulness and we have a finite nature which is uh, more of the aspect of the small uh, small aspect the small me that is in fear and need control to discover this infinite nature that we all 
have is has to be true because it's not not anyone that deserves it. It's already our birthright. It's there to be discovered. Perfectly expressed. So, mm-hmm. I hope uh, many find this. It's uh, it's such a joyful way to to be here, and it gives us access to more depth and more um, connection. Just like uh, we have the chance to do now, we just uh, spontaneously reached out and we decided to have the conversation. So, and it feels like I've known you, you know, all my life. It's not at all like speaking, yes, you know, yes. with a stranger or anything. Because in that sense, we're not strangers. We yes, exactly. We, we, yes. we share the same, yeah. uh, like you said, that um, uh, same being infinite self that that yes the infinite self and when we can connect on that level it is just absolutely beautiful yes thank you for joining i feel like um ending our conversation although i would love to continue but um i like to keep it under some uh, concise time so that people can uh, listen until the end i would like to know um how if people can reach you and uh, i will leave your website you're doing coaching life coaching i do do some coaching i do have uh i i work monday to thursday in uh in another role so i work with a team of support workers for vocational training students So I don't do a lot of coaching anymore just because I don't have the capacity, but I still take on the occasional private coaching client, but really more uh, around spirituality where there Mm -hmm. is that that understanding, not so much the general life coaching where there's a lot of people that do Mm -hmm. really great work in in that area where people are still dealing more maybe with how to navigate the world rather than Mm -hmm. at that point where they're really starting to deal with those big questions that we've been discussing. I love talking um, with people and exploring spirituality. Uh, A Course in Miracles, of course, I am very passionate about as well and that whole topic we've talked about Mm -hmm. today in terms of non-dual spirituality so that's the area I'm really interested in doing more of is more speaking so happy to be a guest on on any other podcasts that people might be interested in if they're looking for guest speakers I don't have my own um, and at the moment I have no intention I just really enjoy meeting other people and being uh, a guest on theirs and the best place to uh, contact me is through my website, which is www and then my name, carriehowry.com. Uh, okay. And I won't spell it out now, but it's, uh, yeah. It yeah, will I'll write it uh, in the description. Yes, yes. And I am on Instagram mm-hmm. and LinkedIn as well. So if people want okay. to follow me on either one of those, then they are most welcome. I'll leave the link there too. Okay. Thank you very much, Julie. 
Thank you, Carrie. I'll just stop the recording, but I would like for us to just chat a little bit before we, we go, if you're okay with that. So Absolutely. thank you for um, the invitation for the conversation. It was a joy meeting you tonight. And it's been an absolute pleasure having this chat with you. So thank you so much, Julie. Thank you.